Alright everybody, welcome to AIIW News for July 4th, 2023. Welcome to this special Independence Day episode. So if you're not from the United States, you might not know that July 4th is the day that we recognize as Independence Day from Great Britain or the United Kingdom, where we shed off our rule from our tyrant King George III and decided to go our own way. So, thank you all for joining me today. We have a wonderful July 4th to celebrate. We've ended the Horrible Pride Month, uh, where we celebrate debauchery and all of the worst excesses of our culture. And uh, thankfully, it's been one of the more tampered down ones recently. And uh, yeah, I think that it's probably going the way of the dodo bird. At least we can hope. All right, so... We have some incredible uh, news stories to go over today. Actually, it's all positive news, I think. Yep. And uh, so it looks like there are some Supreme Court cases that you should be aware of. So in June, that's the end of the year for the Supreme Court. And so what they have to do is they have to rule on all of the cases that they have heard that they haven't ruled on yet. And so in June, there is a very fast-paced schedule of uh, rulings that are released by the court. And so over the last few days or weeks, we have had three major decisions here. And we'll just do a little short synopsis of each one of them. Uh, the first one that you should know about is Biden versus Nebraska. And what the Supreme Court did is they invalidated President Joe Biden's student loan debt relief plan, ruling that the program was an unlawful exercise of presidential power because it had not been explicitly approved by Congress. And so in this country, whenever anyone in the government wants to spend money, at least in the federal government, the funding has to come from Congress, and specifically that bill has to start in the House. And that is because the House is the um, branch of government that is most directly controlled by the people. So we can be thankful that there were six Supreme Court justices who all wanted to restore that uh, process to its proper function. And so, uh, yeah, Joe Biden can't just haul off and spend money however he wants. Neither could President Trump. And no president has that ability. They have the ability to execute the laws that were passed by Congress. All right. So this is another huge win, especially for Christians, but for all Americans in general, because you have a right not to speak. So you have a right to speak. You also have a right not to speak. And so this is 303 Creative versus Elenis. And the court ruled in favor of an evangelical Christian web designer from Colorado who refuses to work on same-sex weddings, saying she has a free speech right under the Constitution's First Amendment not to endorse messages she disagrees with. And so, basically, what these people were asking was for this web designer to create a web page that this, that this evangelical Christian didn't support. And I absolutely believe, especially when it comes to web pages, I mean, you could be asked to create some horribly degenerate, just absolute nightmare of a web page that goes completely against your religious beliefs. 
And it's just a complete travesty that there are people that think that they can compel you to do things that are against your moral and religious beliefs. And so I'm very glad that, again, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the evangelical Christian who had refused this service. And there's plenty of other web designers that people can go to and that they can ask uh, to do these kinds of uh do these kinds of websites and if no one's willing to do it that's more of a uh, of a uh, that shows you that there is an issue with what's asked to be created rather than the people asking to do the creating and so that's what we that's what we see here is that you have the absolute right not to create a web page uh, full of pornographic material or anything that you don't want it to be full of so that's a, a wonderful win here and uh, we'll move right on along, and this is the final one we'll talk about today. Uh, this is the Students for Fair Admissions versus University of North Carolina and Students for Fair Admissions versus Harvard College. This is a very, very impactful ruling. It's going to impact the one of the most prestigious universities in our country, Harvard, and uh, it'll impact all the universities, to be honest. Uh, and what it's what it did is the Supreme Court struck down affirmative action programs at the University of North Carolina and Harvard University dealing a blow to race based programs, but leaving some room to consider an individual applicant's background in admissions. And so basically, it looks like these universities are going to be able to restructure their programs to continue their racist uh, line of reasoning. And so. Unfortunately, they'll be able to work around this ruling, but this ruling is a huge blow to people who want to continue to use race, this characteristic that doesn't even make any sense. It's not a biblical characteristic. There's no Bible verse that says anything about black people versus white people. And so they want to take this characteristic that should be completely meaningless, and they want to continue giving it more and more meaning, meaning that they can prefer black people being entered into colleges over white people and other people of different colors. It's just completely racist, and I'm very glad that the Supreme Court did the right thing and is working to uh, and struck that specific provision down. Praise God, we uh, have a Supreme Court that's willing to look at and go more towards the original Constitution. Uh, that's all because of President Donald J. Trump. We can be very thankful for him on Jul this July 4th that he came in and put in and nominated such wonderful candidates. I remember that being a huge concern the first time that he ran, and we were all just completely blown away by the fact that he did the right thing and appointed the right people. So praise God, and uh, hopefully we see some more of these rulings coming up every year around this time. <laughs> what a wonderful way to celebrate July 4th. All right. We are going to take a look at this, uh, this news story from TimCast.com. It says the Supreme Court rules web designer can decline to work on same-sex weddings. This particular case, Colorado does not seek to ensure the sale of goods or services on equal terms, wrote Justice Neil Gorsuch. So that was part of his reasoning as to why they made this specific ruling. And the United States Supreme Court ruled in favor of a web designer who declined to work with a same-sex couple. The graphic designer, Lori Smith, is a Christian who argued being forced to work with a same-sex couple because of the Colorado Anti-Discrimination Act laws. Well, it's the act. 
uh, and it was passed into law, was a violation of her First Amendment rights. Ms. Smith seeks to engage in protected First Amendment speech. speech. Colorado seeks to compel speech she does not wish to provide. And it basically boiled down to that being just that, that easy. You cannot force someone to say things that they don't want to say. So no one can ask me or, or give me money and force me to make a podcast that supports things that I don't support. And it's the same thing for this web page designer. And I th again, I think that's a huge win. I'm glad that we got to dig a little bit deeper into this. Uh, that's what the court stated in its opinion, which it, which was released on June 30th. If she wishes to speak, she must either speak as the state demands or face sanctions for expressing her own beliefs. Sanctions that may include compulsory participation in remedial training, filing periodic compliance reports, and paying monetary fines. That is an impermissible abridgment of the First Amendment's right to speak freely. So that's the right that I have to make this podcast. It's the right that we all have to watch whatever podcasts are made. It's, it's a beautiful right and one that nowhere else exists in the world. So the only place that you have any amount of freedom of speech is here in the United States. If you go just across our border to the north, you will get imprisoned and fined for making wrong jokes or improper jokes. And so it's a complete travesty of, of freedom, of, of human liberty. And what we believe here in the United States is that God created us and that he endowed us with certain inalienable rights. And then among them are life, liberty, and Jefferson, the, Jefferson said the pursuit of happiness, but I like the property uh, line that Adam Smith actually used. Adam Smith? Might have that wrong. But uh, yeah, so I'm very, very thankful this Independence Day for the Supreme Court ruling. And uh, we're going to go over it. So this is actually somewhat makes sense, but uh, it's actually Harvard's part of two different news stories today. Uh, it's completely separate. They actually don't have anything to do with each other. So this one says AI chatbot to help teach intro course at Harvard this fall. And so I'm looking at a Daily Wire article by Ben Whitehead. Oh, and the former article uh, on TimCast.com was by Hannah Claire Brimelow. And so you can catch her. Uh, there we go. You can catch her sometimes on the podcast itself. Uh, but she also does some writing. And that was some of it, so we're thankful for her to that, to her for that. There we go. So this one is a AI chatbot to help teach intro course at Harvard this fall. If you're a Harvard student signed up to take an introductory coding course this fall, an AI chatbot might be one of your instructors. Beginning in the fall semester, one of Harvard University's flagship coding courses, CS50, Introduction to Computer Science, will implement AI in the instruction of its students. The, Crim the Harvard Crimson reported, the chatbot will assist students, but a professor will still be the main instructor in the course. Our own hope is that through AI, we can eventually approximate a one-to-one teacher-student ratio for every student in CS50, as by providing them with software-based tools that 24-7 can support their learning at a pace and in a style that works best for them individually, Professor David Milan, who instructs CS50, told the newspaper. And so... I think that this is the way that all education is going to go in the future. There may be room for a teacher to technically be in charge of the class, but it's going to be so much more powerful 
for children and you know obviously here at Harvard these are adults to learn from an AI chatbot that can answer their questions immediately that can provide them with completely appropriate uh, 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 problems to solve and can work with them one-to-one like this is saying 24 7 and so what we're going to see is that children are going to do massively better and it's going to be a, a very big equalizer in our society when we switch over from uh, human-led instruction to AI-led instruction. If you haven't played with ChatGPT yet, I highly recommend that you go play around with it. Ask it some questions. I use ChatGPT to help me find and research things in the Bible more quickly. Obviously, I still do my own reading uh, as I should be doing it on a daily basis. haven't quite been living up to that recently, unfortunately, but uh, we'll get back to it. And uh, yeah, so as a person who's done a lot of teaching in my lifetime, I've developed curriculum for camps I, that had to deal with schools. I've uh, developed curriculum for my own educational company uh, where we taught STEM classes. And I can tell you that teaching through AI is going to be vastly more powerful than teaching with the with students the way that it has been over the last few hundred years and basically it's going to boil down to going back to homeschooling so you the parents are going to be able to choose exactly which chatbot they want to use and it will be programmed with all of their preconceived notions baked in so if you're a christian if you're an evangelical you'll be able to find a chatbot that will teach your child and pass on those values to them through the teaching that it does the other thing that it will be able to do is it will be able to soak up all the information that you have for it be able to merge in your own data set based trained on your own data and will be able to give your children advice as if it was you to a certain extent of course you can't trust that 100 percent, and no one should leave their child's rearing and education 100 percent up to a computer but it's going to be a very handy helper for your child and will mean that they don't have to spend hours and hours and hours sitting in a classroom bored out of their minds. It means that they'll be able to go out and play and run around and get tired and then come back in and do a little bit of learning at a much faster and higher intensity pace because of this AI software. So I'm very happy that Harvard is going down this route. And I hope that because Harvard is doing something like this, that makes it more acceptable for everyone else down the chain, all the way down, even into kindergartners. We could have kindergartners be learning through AI in kindergarten, not hopefully not at a public school. Uh, hopefully those get completely destroyed, not destroyed in a physical sense, but the concept of public schooling gets completely obliterated in our minds and that we go to a more rational and reasonable education style centered around parents at the home with uh, opportunities for children to get socialization throughout the week and throughout the day as their parents provide it to them. All right, so that's a wonderful story. I'm very happy to hear about that. And we're going to move on to our final story for today. And we just keep on winning. It's just a it's today, July 4th. It's a huge celebration for me and for us as a country. And I just wanted to celebrate today with a final story from Blaze Media, and it says, Ouch! Bud Light keeps getting hammered. A story by Alex Nitzberg from yesterday, and it said, Bud Light tried encouraging people to enjoy 
drinking some beer over the weekend, but the embattled brand was ratioed as a torrent of negative responses flooded the comments, demonstrating the predicament Anheuser-Busch faces as it struggles to shake the sustained public backlash ignited earlier this year by enlisting transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney to peddle the beverage. And so uh, a ratio, if you're not familiar with Twitter lingo, is when someone makes a comment on a post that you started and ends up getting more likes than the original post itself. So if a big person comes in and ratios a smaller creator or smaller tweeter, uh, that's what's happening. So just so you know. um, And so what we see is Bud Light is still battling this horrible, horrible... PR nightmare that they created for themselves when they started working with Dylan Mulvaney, who is a person who appeals mostly to preteens and and teenagers, which is horrifying in and of itself, but why an alcohol brand would start working with someone who appeals to minors, I think is completely abhorrent. It would be like uh, the cigarette companies being able to parade around uh, the camel, <laughs> the cartoon camel again, make it look cute for kids. It has that same kind of vibe to me, and I think that's ultimately what hurt Bud Light the most, besides the fact that it uh, woke people up to the fact that their kids are getting transed right in front of their eyes. And so you can see this youthful-looking person, Dylan Mulvaney, parading around, talking in a very high-pitched, childlike voice, and it's just really creepy. It really rubbed people the wrong way, I think, and led to a ton of, especially dads, and, and when dads lead, that's what causes problems for these companies, led to a ton of dads going, you know what, I'm not going to be seen as someone who supports this stuff by drinking your your uh, uh, your beer anymore. And so there's plenty of other better tasting options out on the market, and they're going to go and they're going to enjoy that. And so I think that a ton of especially dads did that across the country dads and and frat boys i think saved us on this one and then what that did is it teed up a a boycott of target the next week so if dad doesn't buy his beer his favorite beer this week because they're supporting transgender dylan mulvaney and he switches over to miller well guess what next week when mom and the family walk in and they see the tuck-friendly swimsuits and the pride flags on all the children's merchandise. I think what happened is Dad went, well, last week I gave up my beer. I guess this week we're giving up Target and we're heading over to Walmart. And I think that there were a ton of families that just turned right around and walked right out the store and went and shopped at Walmart that day. Now, Walmart isn't significantly better than Target, but it's a little bit, and they weren't parading around tuck-friendly swimsuits next to the children's section. And so you see that people vote with their feet. But the other thing that we see and that we've we've seen in some uh, videos that I've made recently is that when uh, a so if we look at there's some statistics of how people come to God, if a child comes to God, there is a like 3.5 percent chance that the rest of his or her family comes to God as well. If a, a woman comes to God or a mother comes to God, there is a. I think it's between like 17 and 20% chance that the rest of the family follows along. If dad comes to God, there is a 93% chance that the rest of that man's family comes to Christ as well. And so I think we're seeing that play out here with Bud Light. A ton of men decided to lead the way and, and blaze the trail 
to start boycotting these horrible ideologically captured brands and so what we see is that they targeted a male-centered brand when when the men gave that up and started boycotting that that's when these other boycotts got some teeth so the men gave that up and led the way and then the women followed the next week or the next month with target and we have seen that these companies had a drastically reduced and and less of less flamboyant uh, pride month it was very much muted compared to what it's been in the past, and I'm very, very hopeful about that. It's such a wonderful and beautiful uh, thing to see, and especially coming into a wonderful holiday like July 4th where we celebrate our independence and our freedom to, to live as the godly nation that we should be. I'm very incredibly happy, and I, I couldn't possibly... Uh, be any more uh, enthusiastic about the future. I, I, you know, it's it's been a long time since I was this hopeful about uh, about the this country. Uh, you know, it was it was getting very scary in the last few years, especially with COVID and watching everybody freak out over that and and start taking these unproven, untested uh, injections. You know, it's it's been a crazy few years, and it's it's finally starting to seem like we're coming around as a country and getting back to our senses. And I think it's actually going to lead to going back a little bit farther, even than where we were at before the pandemic. I think that, that people are waking up and they are rejecting this woke, this transgender, this gay ideology. And I'm very, very uh, happy about that. I'm, 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 I'm fired up. I'm ready to, to go and to keep continuing this fight. And especially with everything in abortion the last year, that's been a, a very crazy year because of that and the Supreme Court ruling from that. And yeah, we're going to see, I think we're going to see every every June a, a lot of great Supreme Court rulings coming out. So we can pray about that. We should pray for our Supreme Court justices. We should also pray for everybody in the legislature that they start making better and more just laws. And that we pray for ultimately Joe Biden. Joe Biden is... Uh, our leader of this country, he's the president of the United States, and as much as I may disagree with him, and especially his stance on abortion and, and transgender and gay rights, uh, I, he's still someone that we should pray for, and he's still someone that we need to uh, work, uh, pray for, and uh, that we can hope comes to uh, repentance and to ultimately salvation. So we are going to finish up this 4th of July episode with the second part of the first chapter of Proverbs. Proverbs is a book written by uh, it's David, or Solomon, the son of David, I apologize. Uh, so this is a book written by Solomon, the son of David, who some say is the most wise person to ever live. And so he wrote down a book of wise teachings. And so we are going to read a chunk of that today. This is uh, chapter 1, verses 8 through 19. And I'll get to that right now. My son, hear the instruction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother, for they will be a graceful ornament on your head, and chains about your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, Come with us, let us lie in wait to shed blood. Let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like Sheol, and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all kinds of precious possessions, we shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in your lot among us. Let us have one purse. 
My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to bloodshed. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird, but they lie in wait for their own blood. They lurk secretly for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. It takes away the life of its owners. All right, those are some wise words for us to live by. We absolutely should not be uh, seeking to do harm to anyone. We shouldn't seek to steal from anyone, and we should seek to live humbly with those in our community. And so that's what this section of Proverbs is teaching us, and I hope that you take that to heart, uh, possibly even memorize some portions of it. That would be a good use of your time. And I'm so very thankful that I get to come to you today and bring this video to you and, and show you some of the uh, positive things that are happening in our world for once. Usually our news is so negative and dark. I was so incredibly uplifted to see that it has some positive uh, outcomes and some positive things happening in our world and in our country going forward. So like I said, we need to be praying for Joe Biden, for the Supreme Court, for the House, for the Senate, for the majority leaders in both of those institutions, uh, regardless of whether we agree with them or not. And we need to be praying for this country, for all of the leaders, for our vice president, for our governors, for our state legislators. Everybody needs, we need to be praying for everybody to come to God, to work uh, in this country to bring back uh, what we need to see is uh, we need to pray for them to bring back proper, just, and godly uh, leadership to this country. So I, I hope that that's what we, we all do. I'll be praying for all of my viewers, and I hope that you pray for me. Please send in any comments or questions that you might have. I might do a segment where I answer some political questions that you have. And uh, yeah, so thank you very much. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Goodbye.